If you'll open your Bible to the book of Proverbs, I think we're starting Proverbs today. Proverbs chapter number uh, number three is where we're going to be. And uh, while I'm asking you to do that, I'm trying to find the book of Proverbs here. Proverbs chapter three. In fact, it's one of my favorite chapters in the book of Proverbs, uh, verses five, six, and seven. Be little verses I memorized as a little boy in the first, in the first grade. That's when, and I've encouraged first graders all my ministry. And we, in fact, Sunday we'll be giving every first grader in our church in the eleven o'clock service their first grade Bible. That's a huge deal to them, and. Um, and we encourage them to read the Bible, memorize the Bible. And in, as we do, I ask them to memorize those same verses I memorized when I was in the first grade. But that is not what we're going to be looking at today. I, I want to talk to you today about a subject that we read about in the book of Proverbs. But I want to begin with that little, I sent that email saying my title of my message today was uh, uh, No Pain, No Gain. Now, in the sports world and in gyms, and in physical therapy. Now, many of us have been through physical therapy. And you know, that stuff can be kind of uh, excruciating. Would that be a good word for it? It can be horrible. And you know, the therapist many times will say, look, you just got to do this. No, no, no pain, no gain. If you don't do this, it's not going to be good on the other end. Well, you know, I, and I remember back in my ball, my school days, you know, the football coach used to say he'd make us do all these run and win sprints and all that after practice. And he'd say, look, guys, uh, you know, no pain, no gain. And so you just have to suck it up and go on. Well, you know, in life, it's kind of the same way. In a, and, and in the Christian life, especially, it is the same way. And the Bible talks about it, but the Bible uses a different word. I mean, you get your concordance or get on Google and you won't, I don't think, find any phrase in the Bible saying no, no pain, no gain. But I'll tell you what you will find, and it's talking about the same thing. You find this word chastening. And I want you to look at it with me today in several, in several little places in the Bible, and then we're going to think a little bit about it. In Proverbs chapter number three, uh, if you look down in verse number 11, the Bible says, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. Now there's the word chastening, nor detest his correction for whom the Lord loves. He corrects just as a father, the son in whom he delights. Now turn to page 454 in your Bible and you will be in the book of Job, 454. And I want you to see how it's expressed in the book of Job. On page 454, Job chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Behold, happy is the man whom God corrects. Therefore, do not despise the chastening of the Almighty. Talking about God. Here, here it is again. Now, turn over to page 1090. And uh, I want to see it in one more verse, page 1090. And look, you'll be in Revelation chapter number three. And of course, in, we have these seven churches. And in the church of the Laodicea, if you look on, on page 1090, chapter three, down in verse 19, Jesus is saying, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. There's this word. Therefore, be zealous and repent. 
Now, one other place, if you'll turn, turn over to page 1070. You'll be turning backwards now, and we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, a great, great portion of Scripture, probably the classic portion of Scripture on chastening in the Bible. You'll be in Hebrews chapter number 12, and let's, let's pick up, and maybe uh, down here in about verse, verse number five. Well, we'll pick up verse 3. It says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Talking about Jesus. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your soul. In other words, you're going through hard things. You know, remember what the Lord Jesus went through. Verse 4 says, you have not yet resisted the bloodshed striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to some. And here it's going to quote. From Job is going to quote from the book of Proverbs. We just look, my son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens. What about that? <laughs> All right, he's the heavenly father. If you're a child of his, he's going to chasten you and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, look what it says, of which all of you have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. In other words, God doesn't chasten non-believers. He convicts them, but he doesn't chasten them. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of the spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them. But he, that is God, for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now, one other verse. No chastening, boy, this is true, <laughs> seems to be joyous for the present, but painful nevertheless. Afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Well, what does this word chastening mean? Well, it conveys the idea. This is the best way I understand the word. It conveys the idea of enforced learning. Now, some of the newer translations translate the word discipline. That's a good translation. But it's God's way of not just teaching us, but it's God's way of enforcing his teaching on us so that we can become what he would have us to be. And, and of course, a good example, there are many good examples in the Bible of the chase of the Lord to do that. You remember the story in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where uh, Paul had the thorn in the flesh. You remember that story? And Paul went on to say about that, that I was given a thorn to keep me from becoming too proud. You know, Paul had these visions and, uh, you know, to keep him from going around and saying to people, look, I've had these special visions from God. I'm some kind of super, supernatural, spiritual saint. Paul said, no, what happened to me? I was given a thorn in the flesh to humble me that I might not become proud. And so that's a, that's a good example of chasing this whole idea of enforced learning. Now, you know, it's a fascinating subject to me. I, I really think, one way to understand as you read through the Bible and even look in life about is God chastening you, how God goes about it. There are three kinds of chastening. There's internal chastening, there's external chastening, and there's terminal chastening. 
And if you can fix those in your mind, then as you read the word of God, then you look in your own life and say, now, you know, is God, is God enforcing his learning on me? Look, putting the pressure on me to mold me and put me where I need to be to become what I would become. I mean, that's what earthly parents hopefully do to their children. Like we discipline our children. Well, we used to. I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, I can still see my dad undoing his belt buckle. And, uh, you know, I knew, and he was always going to say the same thing. Son, this hurts me more than it does you. I thought, dad, you're wrong on that one. I'll tell you what. (laughs) Had any of you ever have your dad say that? Well, sometimes God, you know, we don't picture God disciplining us, but it's really, if, if God, if we're a child of God, God loves us. And, and God wants to help us and teach us. And sometimes he, he has to use his chaste and do that. It, it's like thinking of it this way, like, like, like internal chastening is, is kind of like God's plan A. And external chastening, think of it this way, that's God's plan B. In other words, if plan A doesn't work, you read it in the Bible and you see it in life. <laughs> plan A doesn't work, well, God has a plan B. Now, if plan A doesn't work and God resorts to plan B, or oh, it's internal chastening didn't work, so now we're going to do external chastening. Well, then there's God's terminal chastening. Now, you don't want that. I'll hit on that in just a moment. But, but it's a real deal, and the Bible teaches it. And um, in life, people, I fear, experience that. Now, you know, I- internal chastening. Now, what is internal chastening? How does God chasten us, discipline us, enforce learning on us internally? Well, that is when God speaks to you through his word. In other words, you're just reading your Bible. Now, the be- <laughs> it can be very painful. If you're serious about your Bible and you do more than just read black ink on white paper, but you read and think, now, you know, I'm reading this right here. Is, is this saying something to me? Well, many times it, it really can. First John 1, 9 would be a great example of that. That's one of, the, that's one of my 10. In fact, that's my first verse I pray every morning before I even start reading my Bible. I look at it with my eyes. I, want, I quote the verse. I know the verse. But I just find it helpful to see. I, I'm one of these people that, you know, I still work with yellow pads. Now, I do know how to turn on a computer and do a few little things. But, but I still am, you know, I'm the old school, which is not better or worse. It's just what it is. But I, do, I have to write out my stuff. And then once I get it kind of written out, I'll go to my computer and do some stuff with it. But you know, like 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, God's faithful and just, forgive us for our sins, cleanse us all unrighteousness. Now, when I read that verse, there are mornings that I feel like God says, oh, put the brakes on. Don't go to verse 2. That's Psalm 119. That's where I'm fixed to go to verse 2. No, no, no. You're not. God will convict me about something, <clears throat> maybe whatever it may be. And I think, oh, great day. And, and God, God's spirit will just, it, it's, just, it's his internal discipline, internal enforcing learning on me to convict me of something that uh, I need to correct or something I need to do better. It may not always be something I've done wrong. It may be some good things I'm not doing right. But I'm just saying to you, if you're a serious Bible reader and you read the Bible and then you think about what you're reading, there'll be times the Holy Spirit will take a verse. You may have seen it a hundred times and it'll just boom. It's just right there for you. That is God's internal chastening. Now, if that doesn't work, 
then God moves on to plan B. Now, plan B is external chastening. And you say, well, give us an example of that. Well, I'll be glad to. Uh, Jonah, you remember what God told Jonah? That's a, that's a very interesting story. Uh, God told Jonah, he said, Jonah, what I want you to do, I want you to go down to Nineveh. And, and I want you to preach to them. And we're going to kind of get some things straightened out down there. And, and of course, you know, that, that Jonah just, uh, he did the very opposite from that. Uh, he just, he just, uh, let me turn back to it. I want to read you just, a, I'm not going to ask you to turn back. You've been so good to, to turn so, so many places this morning, but I'm going to get there. You know, God said to Jonah, he said, Jonah, what I want you to do, I want you to go down to Nineveh. And uh, what Jonah did was, <laughs> all this took place in Joppa. He goes down to the little port there. And instead of getting a ticket to get on the boat to go to Nineveh, he gets a ticket to go on the boat to uh, Tarshish. He just, he just goes in the opposite direction. Well, God, now God told him what to do. And, and, and he didn't do it. And so God moves to uh, external chastening. You know, you know what happened. He wound up in the belly of a fish. God told him to go and old Jonah said no. So God turned to plan B and he finds himself in the belly of a fish. Now in Jonah chapter two, here's what Jonah did. Now he, he, he's, he's in a mess to say the least. It says Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. I guarantee you, I, that'd bring a man to prayer meeting. And, and that's, that the last verse in chapter two says, the Lord spoke to the fish after Jonah prayed. And it, well, I hate to read this. You just had lunch, but it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Okay. Now, you know, I read that and I think you so, uh, God's plan A didn't work. God told him what to do. It says, now the word of the Lord came to Jonah. He said, arise, go to Nineveh. And uh, Jonah arose and he went to Tarshish. So God told him plan A, where to go? He said, no, I'm not going there. So God resorted to plan B and he wound up in a fish's belly. Now, uh, as it were, none of us are going to wind up in a fish's belly, but we're going to wind up in some fish's belly out here in life when we don't do what God says to do. I mean, at the end of the road, it's not going to be good. And so sometimes of course, it worked out real good. He, he wound up going to Nineveh and preached. And of course, that was a weird situation. Time for another sermon there. He didn't like it. Everybody got saved. But, but, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that in life, God loves us all so much, just like we love our children. And when they're growing up, we try to teach them what they need to know so they'll, when they're grown, they'll, they'll know how to make right decisions and live a productive and fruitful and happy life. That's the dream of every parent in the world, I would hope. Well, the Heavenly Father, He loves us, and He gives us His Word, and sometimes His Word will speak and be very painful. Other times His Word will speak and be very comforting. But when God tells us, gives us a Word, just like He gave Jonah, and we just disregard it, well... God's, God's not going to be mad at us. He's just going to enforce his learning. He's just going to chase us with plan number B. Now, there's, if people don't listen to plan number A and they don't listen to plan number B, the, God does have plan number C, and that is terminal chastening, and terminal chastening is death. It's death. You say, well, now, is he an example of that in the Bible? Well, first of all, yeah, there is. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 16, there's a sin unto death. Now, yeah, 
Think about the children of God, the Israelites out in the wilderness. Remember, they, they didn't obey God, and God said, okay, uh, this generation from age 20 and up is never going to enter the promised land. You're just all going to die out in the wilderness. And they did. They did. That's terminal chastening. I think in Acts chapter 5, you remember the story about Ananias and Sapphira? That, that'd be a good sermon one Sunday if you're trying to get the offering to be better. They lied and died. That's what they did. Yeah, they lied and died. That's exactly. Well, that's terminal chastening. Now, you know, there's some things that, that we see in life that we do wonder about. And I, I would have to say that there have been instances, and even not in days long ago, where I have seen Christian people that I'm convinced God had spoken to them from his word, plan A, and they didn't pay any attention, and God resorted to plan B, and they got themselves in a fish's belly, if it were, as it were. And I'm not God, as you well know, and I'm not the Holy Spirit, but it, it just may be that some people that I think about probably died prematurely because they didn't ever listen to what God said. And God finally just says, okay, I have a plan C. It's called the sin unto death. And if, you know, that there is a, there is an end to this. We won't, we won't spit in God's face forever and ignore whatever he has to say. Now, now like what, what, what's the encouraging part of this? Well, the, the encouraging part to me is the value of reading God's word every day. It's primarily, most everything God will ever tell you will come out of your Bible. Now, there will be times, it's called rhema, when the Spirit of God will speak to your spirit. And it's something to be very clear. Now, remember this. I've dealt with this before on Sunday. I don't know if I've dealt with it out here. But every time you have an idea, that's not a rhema. You always want to be sure that when you feel like the Spirit of God has spoken to your spirit about something you're to do or change or whatever, be sure it never contradicts what the Bible teaches. That's, a, that's kind of a little safety valve on that day. Like some, you know, some idea, I believe God told me to do something. Well, he may have. He may have told me to do something, but I want to be certain there'd be no scripture say, no, you don't do that. That would be the opposite of what God would say. But I'm saying this to you, the, the, the blessed thing about reading your Bible every day, it's not just to have Bible knowledge. <laughs> I, I, we looked at that verse Sunday in the sermon, so knowledge without faith is useless. And, and so many Christians are always trying to study deeper in the Word of God, and we need to study as deep as we can. But folks, you can't just sit around all your life studying deep in the Word of God. Finally, you got to do what it says. Could I have an amen to that? Be what it says. And so, so, Knowing that I'm going to hear more from God, reading my Bible than any other way, I would be a crazy person <laughs> to say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to live through a whole day and I, I, I'm really not going to hear much from God because I, I don't have time to read my Bible. And that goes into day two and day three and day four and day five. Next thing you know, I mean, it's not like we've lost our salvation. We just, we just you know, God made us to have fellowship with himself. Well, part of fellowship's communication, you know, you know, you have communication. Um, I mean, if Dottie and I 
went days and never spoke. That wouldn't be much of a marriage. Wouldn't be, you know, that's not how it's supposed to be. Um, now, sometimes I say to Dottie, you know, we might want to speak less to each other. I don't know. Uh, maybe we're having too much communication. She's praying over me before I left. Morning, sweetest prayer. She said, God, now, when he goes down today to give his little devotion at Bible lunch, help him, anoint him. She finished that prayer. And I said, Dottie, I appreciate your prayer, but it's not a little devotion. It's a message. It's a sermon. She said, well, the Lord knew what it was. Well, I don't know what it was, but I want to encourage you. Read the Bible and look, God will speak to you. Many times it'll be plan A and you'll know as clear as a bell what to do or not do. Other times we just miss it. We say, I, mean, I mean, we read it and somehow it just doesn't connect. It doesn't. Well, okay. The heavenly father has plan B and plan B he has his way of having things happen that put us in situations where all of a sudden the lights come on. So, you know, God's, God's trying to show me something. God's trying to do something in my life. And, and, and it's, I wish I'd listened back on plan A. Now I look back and see it, but I, I missed it back there. But, but I'm out here in the fish's belly, as it were now. And I, I think I figured it out. I think I figured it out. Father God, what a blessed thing to know that you love us so much that you want to teach us. And Lord, we're just, we're just pilgrims on the journey. And I pray that every day we just look forward to opening our Bibles, whatever time of the day it may be, and just seeing what you want to teach us for that day. And then God, sometimes for various reasons, we just miss it. We really do. We're not trying to miss it, but we do. And so you have plan B. And plan B is, God, you have ways of putting things in life, putting us in situations where we then wake up and say, oh, I see now what's happening here. Even though I wish this had not happened, just look at how good can come from it. And all of us have had those experiences. Now, God bless us during this day. And Lord, it may just be that today, there's something really good you're going to teach us for this day's over. Something you want to say to us that will make us more who you want us to be. Help us to be sensitive to that. In Jesus' name, amen.